Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Behind these live images right now, we we see Hunter Biden appearing at the Capitol, just walking through the door. It looks like he's surrounded with his Secret Service team there and, and other members of his entourage. But he is officially at the Capitol as these hearings get underway. We're looking at live images right now as he goes through. It appears the the medical the metal detector or nearby the metal detectors, uh, and yep. we presumably expect him to enter at least one of these committee rooms because again this is before the oversight committee also action happening in the judiciary committee we're just going to follow these cameras and what they followed was hunter biden and his legal team not walking through metal metal detectors walking around them they were never checked they i guess are above security that happens for you know americans like you and me shows up at the oversight committee hearing. There's James Comer. There's Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina. There's Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia. And sitting there is Hunter Biden. It is from there that the full clown show begins. What I'm about to share with you, I could not make up if my life depended on it. I am a man who can think of many a thing, but even I don't have this level of skill. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Hunter didn't show up when he was subpoenaed. He stood there in front of the Capitol and said, you are insulting the light of my father's love. I'm sorry, the light of what? My father's love, this love for his son. Oh, dear Lord. You really are a petulant, silly little child, aren't you? And look at what Republicans have done to you. For six years, MAGA Republicans including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they've belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father who has devoted his entire public life to service. Uh, For the the record, you do not have a character that can be impugned. You have no character. You're a man with addiction issues and working your way through that. All the best to you. But none of that changes the fact that you traded on the family name, Hunter Biden. You took money from Ukraine and China. You have no skill set whatsoever. You have friends who bought your artwork so they can have access to the president, which is the story of your adult life. And your character, which, by the way, doesn't exist, should be impugned when you forget about your own daughter. Just so we all understand each other, guys, and where we are in this subject, that's where I am with Hunter Biden. 
all the leftist blah 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 about how dare you say this about Hunter, how dare you mock Hunter. There is plenty to mock Hunter for. Plenty of despicableness, plenty of shadiness, of crappiness to address with Hunter. Hunter, I mean, this all happened in the last couple hours. This is nuts. This all happened, well, today's Wednesday. Hunter gets in to the meeting. He is there in the oversight committee hearing. He's not testifying. He's in the, I don't know whether the audience, the gallery, I don't know what they officially would call it. Congresswoman Nancy Mace, who has lost her mind, by the way. You want to talk about somebody who I think is is definitely a bit unhinged, but probably a really good party. Nancy Mace, she is not pulling a punch. Um, first of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, second question, you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here. And- M- Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Oh, I know. Uh, point of inquiry. Uh, you have no... Um- and I honestly don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Now, uh, Kylan is running the board today. Hey, Kylan, good to have you here. You didn't have to, to bleep that. It didn't have to be dumped out. That was absolutely acceptable. Uh, it's coming from a member of Congress. It's a news story. That said, I don't know if I'm allowed to repeat what it is that she said. I, I'm, I'm not so sure. Then all of a sudden, everybody's got a point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman... If the general lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. And Chairman. Let's take a vote Christ and hear from I'm Hunter speaking. Biden. What are, are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Because you keep interrupting me. I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady. Welcome to the United States of America, the U.S. Congress in 2024. No? Oh, play the music? Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. It's insane. It's beyond a clown show. It's nuts. So Mace has got a, a series of things that she's saying... People have got their points of order. Andy Biggs from Arizona is like, I'm not going to be interrupted when I speak. It's not going to happen. Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia then starts to speak. And what does Hunter Biden and his team do? They walk out. For five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Oh, apparently, you're afraid of my words. Whoa. Uh, here <laughs> oh. I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. Hunter walks out. We have now reached the peak. My gosh. What is happening here? 
For a guy who is so worried that his father is under attack for no reason, man, you're making it pretty easy to go after your dad. Because the question's going to be, what the hell's up with your son? This puts Hunter Biden now in the hallway. And in the hallway, people are trying to ask him questions everywhere. Why did you put your dad on the phone? If he wasn't involved in your business, why was he on your phone? Why was he talking to your people? And then, of course, the question of questions. Can you please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? How crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Let me- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you heard that or not. Right here. A statement. Okay? How crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Question, Mr. Biden. What kind of crack do you normally smoke? Oh! Oh my gosh. That all happened in like a, in, an hour. <laughs> oh, what's happening? We used to. We used to be a proud nation. <laughs> Listen to me carefully. Um, this whole thing is, is, is surreal. Is crazy. Understand what the Oversight Committee was doing today. They were discussing Hunter Biden. They were discussing Hunter Biden and whether or not to hold him in contempt. They want to get this through the committee and bring it to a full vote. I cannot describe with you, to you how much I love this. Because if you bring it to a full vote of the House, you now get to put Democrats on the record saying that no, no one has to listen to a congressional subpoena. They are going to subpoena, they subpoenaed Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden did not show. They now want to hold him in contempt. So if you vote against the contempt, you're saying that a congressional subpoena has no power. I dare the Democrats to say that. I dare them. I want them to go on the record and state that uh, that a congressional subpoena means nothing. Because when they do, because they won't be able to, 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 to bring themselves to say, yes, you have to listen to a congressional subpoena, well, then it's over. You never have to listen to one again, except when you get subpoenaed, they'll say, well, what happened to Hunter Biden was just Republican intransigence, and they're not serious people, but this is serious, and now you have to listen. And then they'll send the Capitol Police and the Sergeant-at-Arms to your house, probably at 4.30 in the morning, Paul Manafort style, bust down your door, keep your children at gunpoint, and handcuff you in your underwear while they walk you outside. Who doubts me? No one, no one, no one, no, orange whip, orange whip, three orange whips, correct. There's nothing to doubt. But to be on the record saying you don't think a congressional subpoena means anything, I think is gold. I think that's fantastic.
So this is what took place. It is... It is something else. As for why Hunter Biden showed up today, honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea what the win is. I, I, uh, mocking people? As Nancy Mace described, I don't think she did it well. She cannot let her emotions get the best of her. And she does that often, it seems to me. But I don't know why Hunter showed. I don't know what he gained from all this. That said, I don't actually care. Would someone please keep moving along the down the road on this impeachment inquiry? And if we're going to impeach, let's get on with it then. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Boeing admits that maybe, maybe their airplane, the Max 9, isn't uh, all it's cracked up to be. Maybe, just maybe, there's a real problem. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. There is some reports out there that this Alaska Airlines flight, where the window blew out, I mean, it's it's a whole section of the fuselage that blew out while it was mid-flight. And they had to descend under 10,000 feet, and then they had to return back, I think it was to Portland, and, and, and land. There are reports that um, they knew some bolts were loose. And the plan was to service the plane after it had landed. This has led to a very, very unique conversation about what's happening in the airline industry. So this all ties to conversations we've already had. Remember, we do things, we're having conversations before anybody's even thinking about the idea. That's what we do. We talk about what other people haven't even thought about. And we have discussed this in terms of the law, and we've discussed this in terms of medicine. That if you take a look at progressivism, if you take a look at um, how uh, they train lawyers not to actually believe in innocent until proven guilty, but how dare you think we should have to defend so-and-so? And how dare you let somebody else speak freely? They don't believe in the First Amendment. They don't believe that everybody is entitled to defense. And they do not believe innocent until proven guilty. This is what they were raised with, whether it be by parents or really by educators. And then this is what is impressed upon them by their law school professors, medical schools. When students, uh, are, med students are taking the Hippocratic Oath, reminding them that they're practicing medicine on indigenous stolen land, that they should worry about pronouns before health, that they have to make sure they're speaking to a person who looks like this, like this, that a person who looks like that, like that. I've made the argument here person is on the gurney and they're dying and the doctor says ma'am we have to operate immediately and the person on the gurney says I'm a man you can't call me ma'am the question is 
Should the doctor operate or apologize? And anybody who says apologize is saying that the idea of the wokeness is more important than saving the life. My father, from when I was a kid, literally 10, would explain the following. There is a guy at, your, at, at, the, at the liberals' door, refer to him as liberals, with an axe breaking down the door. The liberal runs to the phone, as opposed to having a cell phone. It was back in the day. There was a phone. Runs to the phone and sees out the window that the traffic light is out. What do they do? I was 10 when my father first started having those conversations with me. Trust me when I say I grew up differently than you did. It's the same mathematics. Anytime you put the wokeness over the medicine, you will have dead patients. And they do it all the time. And they teach it and they're proud of it. This is a story about how DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and progressivism destroy everything it touches. It will destroy everything. It destroys minds, it destroys humanity, because after all, it's all part and parcel of Marxism, and that's what Marxism is supposed to do. Destroy Western culture, Western civilization, destroy America, destroy the free and thinking people by allowing for this mass level of confusion as opposed to clarity, and then in comes the communism to save the day. That's all it is. It has not changed in 100 years. This is who these people are. It's just unbelievable how well it catches on. It's amazing how well this lie works. Well, if you have it in law, and you've seen it everywhere, and if you have it in medicine, you've seen it everywhere, why wouldn't you have it everywhere? And one of those places is airlines and air travel, and specifically pilots. And the idea that very possibly the new pilots who all grew up with this kind of stuff who have all been indoctrinated and tortured with this kind of stuff. They've all been through the struggle sessions and avoid the struggle session by saying, absolutely, whatever you say, please don't hurt me. You gonna trust these people to fly a plane? I'm asking you a question. Are you going to trust these people to fly an airplane? What can they handle? Will they remember how to work through their checklist? You think any of these people are Sully? I'm talking about uh, Captain Sullenberger and the flight in the Hudson? Nah. What are the odds? It is amazing how air travel has progressed and the safety that really air travel has been able to provide. But if you've got loose bolts and you don't think the plane should be taken out of service, rather you're like, ah, we'll wait till it's, we'll wait till tomorrow. What shot? Then of course, who do we have fixing the planes? What standards? Because as we see in law and in medicine, the standard is predicated on something that isn't actually important. We've got problems ahead. And this subject that we've been talking about for months is now starting to spread around. I'm Tony Katz. City in the dark, in the city, in the-
what to do when John Fetterman's making so much dang sense. I mean, it's it's just weird. Totally, totally weird. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. 833 uh, got Tony. Um, this is Fetterman talking about Israel, and well, yeah. I would ask anyone, if anyone that believes in a ceasefire, I would just say, let's just. Let's oh, the, why is the volume so low? Why is the vo- Oh, I don't. Can you not hear it, Kylan? Not quite. Ah, so I'll, I'll, I'll uh, paraphrase it. He says, I would ask anyone uh, that believes in a ceasefire, I would just say, let's call for Hamas to surrender and put down their guns, and then that would end all of the misery and the killing and everything. You know, I believe to be on the right side for Israel on this, and I believe that we will never have peace or a stable two-state solution until we destroy Hamas. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All of these groups, all of these people who, I mean, they're, they're, they're pro-Hamas. They want the destruction of Israel. Oh, these people of Gaza, they're being so abused. Why not tell Hamas to surrender? If they give up, this all stops. It all stops. They've already murdered 1,200 Israelis and Jews, and yet it would all stop if Hamas was gone. So, why isn't there a push, a desire, a want to get them gone? Because the people who support them on the college campuses and in our institutions, like Congress, uh, they want, of course, the, 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 the Jews dead. I mean, it's just what, it's just what they want. There's, there's no... There's no real argument here, is there? I, I, I didn't think there, I didn't think there could be. And this uh, f- uh, flows into a story uh, about Indiana University that has suspended a professor for a room reservation gone wrong. But that's not the story. Uh, the professor, I, I, I believe I pronounce his name Abdul Kader Sino. First name Abdul Kader, A B D U L K A D E R. This comes from the Indiana Daily Student. It's the Indiana University newspaper. Uh, Professor Sino uh, was going to host an event um, in a a faculty room, but it wasn't for a faculty event. He was actually reserving the room for the Palestine Solidarity Committee so they could have a meeting, which is a no-no. Now, as I hear the story, uh, Sino a big issue in the world of anti-Semitism and IU. And we shouldn't signal out just Indiana University. I mean, we, we've got Harvard. We've got uh, 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 Columbia. Oh, Columbia is a despicable place. Uh, we, 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 we've got an unlimited number of universities. MIT, uh, Stanford, it goes on and on. But IU is no different. 
you've got this rampant anti-Semitism. What was the last number from the Anti-Defamation League, which I'm not a big fan of, uh, but uh, up 400%? Was it more than that? No one's surprised by by, by any of this. Meanwhile, um, so this guy is, is, helps this student association, which... Um, one of those uh, groups amongst many groups uh, that want to tell you that uh, Israel's the aggressor, Israel's the oppressor. You know, we talk about where the progressives are, where the Marxists are. They view Israel uh, and and Hamas as oppressed and oppressor. You see, Israel had it coming because look at everything they've done to Hamas. No conversation about Hamas being a terrorist organization and what they've done to the people of Gaza. They don't care. They're cool with it all. So this group has held demonstrations to support Palestine. What what does that even mean to support Palestine? That it doesn't it doesn't mean you mean support Hamas. They don't care what happens to Israel. So what they're saying is that this professor, this professor Sino, S I N N O, violated IU's academic appointee responsibilities and conduct policy, the principles of ethical conduct, and IU student organizations policy. This is when he attempted to reserve the room for this group, the Palestinian Solidarity Committee, for an event. The room had been uh, had been requested and approved, and then they realized it was for a student group, and then they said no. So they're suspending him for this. And, of course, you've got professors saying this is an attack on free speech. Uh, This, to me, is the greatest example ever of why you have to do away with tenure. The problem with professors is that they think they're important. Because they live in a world where they can't lose their job. They have total impunity. or Or they act with total impunity. They believe nothing bad can happen to them. The exemption from punishment, penalty, or harm. That's what tenure does. But that's not how the real world works. It's funny. For all the progressives who want to make people uncomfortable, professors have created a system by which they can't be made to feel uncomfortable. Do what I do for an hour. Do what I do, what the talk radio host does for an hour. Every time I'm on the air, every time my producer says, Mike is up, your mic is hot, I risk losing my job by having the job. I am one word away at any moment from losing my job. You understand that if I were to read a transcript of a David Chappelle comedy special, I would be fired before I got to the second sentence. You understand that, right? But it's far more severe than that. I am not one word away. I am one mispronunciation away from being fired. Every single time I'm on the air. For the record, I do six hours a day, and then I have a weekend syndicated show, Eat, Drink, Smoke. I do 32 hours of radio each and every week. Top that. Everything I say is under the microscope. 
everything I say is being analyzed. One word, one mispronunciation, one phrase, one cultural reference away from losing my job and being unable to feed my family. But these Jew-hating professors can say anything and then they just walk around the campus like they're gods, students genuflecting to them because they want to get an A and they're like, my gosh, this is wonderful. Well, it's a sunny day. I feel brand new. There's about a million things that I could do. Look at me. Big time professor. Oh, there's my parking spot. That's everybody calls me professor. That's because I'm so important. You're not important. Most of you are scumbag jerks. I mean, that's, that's just fact. That's just fact. The the uh, professors don't know this, right? It would be wrong to say all of them. It's it's not all of them, and maybe maybe it's not even right to say most. How about just half? Because there are two sides of the bell curve. Half of you are scumbag jerks. Is that wrong? Uh, we go now to producer Kylan uh, for a reaction. Am I okay with that? Is that is that over the top? Over the top? Yeah. No. Okay, so as somebody who has gone to a university, I won't say which university, half. Half are not your cup of tea, true or false? I would say true. There we go, there we go. That was a, that was a fine, honest, well put together, thoughtful opinion there. Very thoughtful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, uh, you've already graduated, right? I sure have. I'm yeah, two okay, years no out. Problem. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. It would seem to me that this uh, this professor in 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 the, in the suspension for the room that was just a reason. Uh, I think that as we we start picking this apart, it will be about the actions, the bigotry on on, on campus. And you ask yourself, is this the way it should be done? Is this the way it should be done? And and to these. To these um, uh, professors there who are supporting him, um, uh, just so we're, we're clear, Donald Trump has never been charged with insurrection and has never been convicted, has never sat in front of a jury of his peers, has never been convicted of the crime. I wonder how many of you think he should be removed from the ballot. I'm very stunned by this um by this move from IU and I'm stunned because I honestly didn't think Indiana University had it in them this is a a campus where the president Pamela Whitten when October 7th happened uh the attack from from Hamas the murder of 1200 murder the rape the beheadings uh, the, the 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 setting people on fire um, the statement was so mealy-mouthed, wishy-washy, uh, taking zero position whatsoever, um, that it, it has, it for me, has tainted my view of, of, of IU and certainly of President Whitten. She then came out with a secondary statement that was rather strong, and I don't know exactly how many people had to call her to do such a thing, but it would seem to me that's not something that you necessarily have to be getting on a phone to understand 
and it wasn't front and center there of the IU website or or anything else. I think it was on her private um, Instagram. Uh, or I shouldn't say private, but on her Instagram uh, stories, and that kind of is maybe not as front and center. I, I bring this 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 up. I bring this up as a as a unique reminder that when pressure is applied, things can get done. The problem that we have is that we are disgusted by the idea. And when I say we, I do think it is we, but I'll make it more personal. It is me. And this has been my problem my entire life. I cannot believe pressure needs to be applied. It is stunning to me that one would need to be so in the face of these Jew-hating professors and find ways to move them out as opposed to standing up and saying, you are a disgusting bigot and you have no place at our university. Get out, you're fired. Well, you can't fire them because of tenure. Well, I'm amazed that somebody isn't firing them anyway and then dealing with it later. And when asked the question, yeah, we don't let those Jew-hating bigots teach our students. Goodbye. As a matter of, of management style, one of the reasons I do things the way I do, and maybe I would have a much bigger enterprise uh, if I did them differently. It's that I couldn't do them differently. It, I, 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 the idea of micromanaging is so anathema to me that I find it offensive if I have to do it. I am personally offended, and that is not a way to be. You actually have to explain to people what you expect of them in order to get what you want. That much I get. But there are some things I never thought I'd have to explain. And and therefore, when I have to explain them, I lose my head. I'm like, this is just, this, this, how could you not know these basics? And I think that's, that's, that's a reason. Uh, that is a, a, vestige of some bad learning on my part on on how to deal with others that if I had changed in my head earlier in my life, maybe it would have benefited me. But I, I still to this day, like I'm better at keeping myself cool and actually going through the steps. But in my in, in the back of my mind, I am I am out of my mind to explain like the very basics of I don't know how to how to greet people or or, or or how to how to represent uh, the, the the brand that we have over here, you know some basic kindnesses. I, I drives me nuts. I didn't know you'd have to cajole people into standing up to bigotry, standing up to these people, to uh, standing up to people who support terrorists. I think for a lot of people, they're not surprised by the anti-Semitism. They're surprised by the lack of people who are really willing to stand up to it. Who are so fearful of being called a name. So it's a job, people. There are other ones. Stand up. Speak out. it, it, It blows my mind to this day. That said, um, this move from IU is something I'm going to be watching. And for the professors rallying behind, uh, Professor Sinnoh, um, it's not a violation of academic freedom. You can be as much of a Jew hater as you want. 
But maybe you don't get a job at, at this campus. I wish IU would say that. But supporting a guy who supports the bigotry and under the guise of academic freedom? Ah, you don't have it. And I was wondering if we can get a list of those uh, faculty members and maybe uh, students would know um, not to take their classes. That would, that would be my idea. Meanwhile, if you've got more information on the story, I'd love it. Email it to me, Tony at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. You've got the Dow up 55, and you've got the NASDAQ up 70. I just wanted to see, has there been anything uh, about uh, the the Bitcoin ETF? I mean, Bitcoin is at 47 right now. That's 47,000. I'm just curious. Uh, by the way, I, I, uh, have, I don't have enough Bitcoin to count just... For the sake of clarity, not enough to count. But is it moving up because people think that it's going to happen? You're going to start being able to trade on these funds, tra- on these exchanges? We'll see. And if you're somebody who does this, email me, Tony at TonyCats.com. Let me know what you think is going to happen. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyCats.com. <laughs> 